Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And welcome to our business legal podcast where we cover business in the news with our legal twists and also answer some of your business legal questions where you, the listener, can submit to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. And today we have a fun guest today. We have a nice startup guru for some of you high-tech startups listening out there. His name is Roy Daya. And I call him a, a startup guru because pretty much every successful startup has one of these consultants in their arsenal. One of these guys that can get him through the process that has been through these serial entrepreneurial cycles before. Roy, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Matt, what story are we covering today? So on this show, we talk a lot about startups and we talk about a lot of big public companies too. You, typically, the problems are the mistakes they make, but we don't spend a lot of time necessarily in the middle. So we're past the point where they're a startup and we've gotten to the point where the company might be acquiring something else or they might be on the other end and they might be acquired by a bigger company. And it could be a, in a variety of ways, um, revenue maybe a product line, maybe the actual people of another company, or maybe the intellectual property. But from what I understand, Roy, you deal a lot in working with these companies on either end. So I don't know if you had any experiences from your perspective of in the acquisition phase for these companies. Yeah, I had uh, experience both with companies getting bought or acquired, and with a lot of companies that wanted to get acquired, and for some reason, or it didn't happen, or they're still waiting. So I know it's a lot of startups are obsessed with getting bought up by, you know, large enterprises and, you know, you can understand them. The thing is with these acquisitions, though, we've seen a lot of these big corporations acquire companies. I know Yahoo acquired Tumblr a while back and that hasn't done much. And a lot of times I've read statistics with these mergers and acquisitions where a lot of times these startups and acquisitions don't meet their marks. I've read up to 60 some percent or even 83 percent in recent years where these acquisitions are just not meeting these goals. And you know, I wonder with the Googles of the world and even Facebook, they're just acquiring like crazy. They're just betting on, okay, some of these are going to hit their marks and some of them aren't. I think on one side, it is kind of a bet. And sometimes you, know, you buy something to make sure that nobody else buys it. And sometimes you buy a company to reduce future risk. For example, if you need that other company in your operations, you rely on them, you buy from them things. You want to make sure that nobody else buys them and triple the prices, for example, and it's kind of an operational uh, cost reduction, a risk reduction. There are different different reasons. Not always they're long-term. Sometimes it's short-term. Sometimes you have a problem with your stock in a huge corporation and you want to show that you're innovative and you're moving forward. There's a lot of different reasons. And I think not always the marks that are checked to be successful or not are the reasons why it was done in the first place. So I think there's so much information we just don't know about. It's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think from my personal experience, I've been less representing clients that have been acquired, but more on the acquisition side of acquiring. But it seems to me, especially when I'm working with startup companies, they are obsessed. And maybe it's because of the news and the culture that we're in, especially on the West Coast. They're obsessed with getting acquired. And I don't know what your thoughts are, but sometimes I think this can be distracting to actually reaching some of their goals. I think it's absolutely right. I think startups should focus more on doing their own thing really, really well. And that if they operate in a market that is big enough and is growing and has some big players, 
the big players will notice them. And they're going to get on some shortlist and somebody's going to look at them and it's going to happen. But they should focus all their effort on making as much impact as possible. And if they just instruct themselves and keep thinking, how should we restructure our company, make it more lucrative or something like this. It's just the effort it's going to take from them, they should really use that to build their business better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree with that. Let's go to our question of the day. What do we have today? I've put in many years to get my business profitable and just reached that goal this past year. We have a sound business model in place and secured investments, so we have enough cash. What sort of challenges should I expect to face in scaling my business from here? We always do the legal side of it, but Roy, I'm pretty interested to see how you would answer this question. I think one of the most confusing aspects of what they call scaling up the business is when you have a visual image of scaling up something, it's like inflating a balloon and making it bigger or trying to take something and stretching it to make it larger. And that's really the worst way you can scale your business. I think the better way of looking at it is if you had to build a bigger business and you had all the resources that you need, how would you plan it? And use the resources that you already have. You, know, you can use your, your management, you use your products and uh, processes and whatever you have and map them into that new organization and see where you have gaps and where you have mismatches and what you're missing, how much money you need, and really plan that new business and not try to take your own current business and shift things around and try to stretch it and make it fit into a different mold and usually all you'll do is just break up your business. One of the examples I like to give is like if you take a model airplane that's small and you want to create a large-scale you know, jumbo jet, you're not just going to glue huge wings on top of your model. It's not going to work. You basically have to start building that jumbo jet from scratch. And you can use what you learned on the model to put two wings and not five wings, for example. But it's still strategically, you have to think of building that business properly. Yeah, I think that's really good insight and a good analogy. And it's kind of exciting to actually get this question. I'll tell you, Roy, most of the questions we get when it comes to this kind of startup atmosphere is usually, how do I get funding? How do I set up our formation documents and so forth? But it seems like there's some positive news here. They've got through that hurdle. But what you're saying is absolutely correct. If you're going to scale your business, you need the infrastructure. And you can't just say, okay, I've proven my model. Now let's just replicate the process. You have to have those parts ready to go, those, those so-called bigger wings and bigger wheels. I think that one of the things you said that, I mean, it's a bit uh, rare that you know, you're going to have all the money and funding and everything, and you're not going to know how to scale your business. So you know, one might think, how did you get all that funding if you don't know what you're doing? But <laughs> yeah. you might convince an investor that you know what you're doing and you're going to scale up the business. He's going to give you money, and now you're going to sit and think, okay, now what? You're going to maybe try for a while and then see that the graph doesn't look like you drew it in the beginning, and you're going to think, maybe I'm doing something wrong. How should I you know, go ahead? In fact, this is something I'm doing with the other entrepreneurs. I'm sitting with them, and I tell them, okay, forget your current business. Let's rebuild the business in our heads and see where we end up. And that's how we do that. It's funny how you mention investors because you're right. I think people give investors too much credit. I don't think investors are as sophisticated. Even accredited investors are as sophisticated as people think they are. I think they get enchanted sometimes with the idea that, hey, they're working with a startup and they're investing and, hey, I'm looking for multiples. But I think a lot of these guys are just gamblers at heart, so to speak. And, you know, of course, I'm not talking about the seasoned guys, the VCs and so forth, but a lot of these angel investors, I see that mentality. And to your point, just because you're given money doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. It doesn't mean that 
you have a great idea that's going to work, you need to execute and be able to uh, pull that through. I think also there is an opposite problem where people are trying to get operational excellence or get all the operations uh, you know, to the highest level too soon, before they're ready, before they know what they're doing, before they have a good role. And that usually just makes the company so much more complex than it needs to be and burns so much more money before they know how to bring money in. It's like taking a, you know, a sinking boat and putting a huge engine on it and making it sink much faster. <laughs> yeah. So I really believe in simplification. In first of all, working just on your business model, finding, finding out how your business fits in the whole ecosystem around you, making sure that it works and everybody you know, likes your connection with them, and then use your connections to the ecosystem to grow your business properly. Not work in a vacuum, create something in the garage and go out and say, okay, now I have this huge business ready to you know, take over the world, but a lot more sharing with the other partners in your business ecosystem. And it takes a whole village to grow a child, so it takes a whole business to grow a company. And I think people need to be more sharing and more talking to other parts and, and not be shy of telling people what they're trying to do. I think those are great words to end on. Hey, Roy, I know your website is thebusinessmodelpro.com, and we'll post that on our show notes. But do you want to take a few seconds to uh, tell us a little bit about what you do? And I know a lot of our listeners are going to be uh, interested to see if they can use your services. I spent the last maybe 15 or 20 working with startups. Some of them were my own companies. And one of the things that I really like to do is sit with startups and, and really help them get to a really good start to a point where they can actually start generating money and, and not just you know running from one investor to the other, but having a self-sustaining business and growing and making it a strong business. And I try to do it you know, in as many methods as I can. I try to give them courses and coaching sessions and I give them books and you know, any resource they can use to actually even do it themselves. And I even have a free business model analysis forum that they can just submit and they get a free analysis that anybody else, you know, cool. will charge a lot of money for. So everybody is welcome to just use it. And I have a blog with insights. Feel free to go there and see if there's anything useful. Great. Well, I appreciate that. Well, thank you for joining us. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. As always, keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.